Hi, and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name's Tom Ravlick, and thank you for joining me for this particular podcast. One of the areas impacted by the recent coronavirus pandemic extensively has been the accounting world, and, and there has been an acknowledgement of that in the transparency reports, the major accounting firms, where they talk about the impact of the COVID pandemic on the way in which auditors did their work. In fact, PwC went into a case study in its transparency report that looked at the establishment of a, a kind of a, a, a postcode PALS type scheme where employees would be able to do exercise together and, and, and maintain some contact with the workplace for mental health and other purposes as they were as they were trying to function in in lockdown. Uh, joining me today is Amir Gander, who's the accounting and auditing uh, guru at the uh, CANS, the Chartered Accountants of Australia and New Zealand. We'll be talking about how people have survived through the COVID period, looking at some other issues, including a topic I touched on with uh, the chairman of the Auditing and Insurance Standards Board, Roger Simnett, of less complex entities and uh, other relevant issues. Amir, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me, Tom. It's a pleasure. Uh, absolutely wonderful to finally get to talk to you on, on the podcast series. Now, COVID has, uh, COVID has caused a lot of mm-hmm. uh, heartache out there in the accounting yeah. world, not just in the normal sort of business world, if you like. What are the key things that have emerged uh, from your perspective over the past nine months? Look, I think if you... You, who would have ever imagined that we would be where we are right now, um, nine months ago? In fact, as a team, we we sort of put together um, our six big things um, for the year and did a video at the start of this year and quite a bit of production went into it with all every team member kind of interviewed a little bit and and I'd have to say we totally missed the mark because not one of them was a global pandemic. Um, I think. It's fair to say you're just going to have to do better next time, aren't you? <laughs> well, look, we we were we were just we were joking the other day. We could probably use the same video almost for for next year and just give it a shot. But um, look, the the reality is, it has been really one of the most challenging years in living memory for uh, accountants and auditors of all stripes. Um, let me start by saying um, I I've never been prouder than to be part of this profession. We're now in uh, November, having come through the main reporting season for, for companies in Australia and New Zealand. And it's fair to say that the profession has really stepped up to the mark in a few key ways. You know, the, there've never been more on-time lodgements of, uh, you know, ASX listed uh, reporting. Um, uh, less less issues around that than in the prior year. Um, the profession, if you if you look at the the, the reports and and we've started some analysis around that, you can see um, more disclosures um, and and really iterative disclosures helping investors to understand the impact of the pandemic. And I think from the very beginning, uh, as we started reaching out and seeking to understand and address the impacts. Uh, in in reporting and auditing, uh, it's been a constant theme that 
professionals have refused to divert away from the standards or look for easy ways out. I think the profession collectively has been uh, committed to uh, to uh, you know uh, delivering what investors are looking for. And if we, you know, we've just released um, results of our uh, 2020 um, investor confidence survey. Uh, it shows a dip in confidence in the economy companies, as, as you'd imagine, but actually a steady and slight increase in confidence in public, in audited public uh, financial statements. And um, what what you can see also, and we sort of had a bit of a deep dive around the pandemic in this year's survey. Uh, investors are looking for looking to financial statements to understand the impacts of the pandemic on operations, on the future prospects. Um, you know, 75% or, or thereabouts looking for um, more or significantly more disclosure. And uh, it's pretty clear in the results that, that the audited financials is something that this year they're going to be pouring over, relying on more than ever to to get an understanding and and I could I could jump into some of the key issues there but it's suffice to say the physical distancing as well as the economic uncertainty have combined to create quite a uh, diabolic set of circumstances for the for the 2020 reporting season but uh, you noted earlier wrong that it seems to be uh, people seem to admit the deadlines yeah. more earlier in, than, than, than previously. Yeah, look, I, I think that, uh, so we, we start, uh, there's probably, um, as I mentioned, two key challenges here, which, which unravel into a whole uh, uh, series of, of, of issues. The first is, of course, the physical distancing and the lockdowns. Um, and that impacts around, you know, at, at the... Uh, the pedestrian, if you like, um, level management control. It, it just shifts the whole game around how financial reporting uh, and auditing works uh, physically, uh, access to client sites. And these are some of the things very early on that we were focused on with the profession, how to tackle. But as you, all, as you mentioned earlier on, there's also a major impact on well-being and mental health. Uh, being isolated from from others, and so these are things that have had to be uh, tackled head on. And as as you say, I, I think the profession has um, has sort of stepped up to the mark in that respect, and it's um, it's been clear uh, throughout that that those those have been uh, priorities for uh, you know firms and and companies and and their reporting teams coming through this. We've had those conversations again and again. Um, the second uh, sort of set of issues is around the economic uncertainty. And as you know, uh, Tom, and I'm sure your listeners, um, financial statements in this day and age are permeated with judgments and estimates that are based on looking forward and, and, and thinking about how you see things playing out, whether that's the selection of a discount rate or whether that's estimating cash flows um, associated with certain assets or, or the list goes on, um, yeah. even now something as simple as an operating lease. That That's a, and, and of course, don't let me forget the assumption. No, 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 but, but, but now, 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 they're, no, now they're, yep. no longer, they're no longer operating leases, are they? They're simply, 
Uh, they simply assets uh, on balance on, well, on balance sheet. Yeah, so they, these are they, they, something that that I mean, this is a this is given, I guess, an added degree of challenge this year is that the new standards on leasing uh, and, and and revenue are sort of coming into play for the first time. But in in I guess what I'm saying is that those judgments last year were um, in in a context of relative stability, uh, where things. Uh, that impact on the really big uh, um, influences within the calculations were, were remaining pretty stable. Whereas, and and you had a a, a, a fair shot at making an, an estimate or an assumption about where things might play out in the next six months without having to have too many forks in in your uh, you know scenario analysis. This year, I don't need to say any more. It's all changing on a weekly basis. Um, we the economy is collapsing. No, the economy is great. There's a, you, you know, it's the things are looking up. No, and this is, and, and industries and sectors are all doing very differently, and no one really knows, especially, and they certainly didn't know uh, at at the time when reporting was being finalised, how a pandemic impacts in the medium term on the economy. We still we still don't really know that. It's 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 a different situation than what has been tackled before and that just makes all of the things that in regular times might be simple um, into into really complicated um, uh, you know and 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 sort of uh, much more open-ended uh, considerations uh, and, and in those estimates and judgments I think the the approach, really uh, recommended by our regulator standard setters and that we've certainly um, supported is for companies uh, and their auditors, of course, to look at where, you know, the need for further disclosure. So understanding that uh, there is a lot of uncertainty in financial statements. And so therefore companies need to really go further in disclosing to help uh, users of the financial statements, investors understand the, that, and for me that that's really important because it it also jibes with that what investors are looking for. If we look to that, you know, the investor confidence survey, or even just what we're hearing out in the in the conversation around this. I think the uh, the couple of issues you've raised are of interest. One of which is. Uh, Accounting has increasingly relied on, um, yeah, that sort of uh, the financial wizard's black box, various methodologies of valuation and and other things that can be complex and difficult to to understand. Uh, to what extent, uh, based on what you've seen so far, uh, have companies successfully explain some of this in plain English? Oh, look, I, I think, and we've done an analysis, um, or not really an analysis, we've sort of pulled pulled out and, and, and had a good look at, at, you know, a lot of different companies' disclosures. And I think on the whole, you can see uh, really good disclosure in, in explaining uh, that uncertainty. Um, of course, there'll be instances where you know companies haven't haven't hit the mark, and and you know there are every year. But I think on the whole, um, you look at this year's financial statements, 
and and you generally can see look here are the here are the key um, areas where there have been uh, impacts some companies have done better out of out of uh, COVID-19 uh, scenarios uh, where for example you know you just think about those businesses that have seen a you know a, a huge upswing in demand other entities have been impacted negatively and and you know not so much the black box but um, within those black boxes there are a lot of um, assumptions and then and and those are disclosed the standards require those to be disclosed now i look it's one area where i personally think financial reporting can can be improved and enhanced in in large steps through technology and through the approach we take to those estimates i don't think we we're at the nirvana yet in how we deal with that uncertainty but that's a maybe a topic for a whole nother day but for for the, imp- no, no, the no, impact you... here on on those judgments, yeah, I think you really can see. And we we actually worked on a guide jointly with the Australian Institute of Company Directors and CPA Australia that was directly focused on that specific issue, disclosure, yeah. and how companies might disclose. And the guides had a really great response. And and we know from the amount that it's being downloaded, it's, it's it seems to be getting. A lot, you know, a lot of use, um, but I think largely in, in terms of where we've then gone and had a look through company financial reports, we're seeing a lot of examples where actually, you know, companies have have gone right into the detail. They're they're focusing on the things that um, that investors care about. So I mean, in that in that survey, basically the you know fifty nine percent really when they look at the most important matters they want to see disclosed expected impact on operations and results of course in the near and long term the impact on uh, the current year operating results so that's 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 obvious but then you know uh, there's a whole range of things that i think um in, investors have been interested in and it's pretty clear in these results that the financials have been one of the last places that they can go to and feel that they have something reliable um to to give them these insights it, it- it actually gives us a, an opportunity to segue into something else, though, Amir, and that is uh, the increased demand that's appeared over the past several decades for an improved model of in the area of non-financial reporting, mm-hmm. because part of the, the disclosure part of the disclosure challenge is how you tell the story. And uh, with respect to those of uh, your colleagues and my colleagues who are in the accounting world, yeah. um, there's, uh, there, there are times when people who play a lot with numbers don't know how to explain what they mean very well or add other things to them. Uh, the you know, integrated reporting and uh, the current work being done by the ISB looking at sustainability reporting are interesting steps in that direction. Where do you think that's heading at the moment? What's your latest take? Well, look, I think the reality is you really can't be a professional accountant now or going forward without being able to understand and communicate that story. Um, It's certainly not just about the numbers. Uh, As far as the developments that we're seeing um, 
we welcome very much the uh, consultation by the IFRS trustee, IFRS trustees, uh, which is looking, this is maybe the latest kind of episode um, in, in the season, uh, looking at um, uh, whether a non-financial reporting board uh, would be helpful uh, within the same organs as the International Accounting Standards Board that, of course, looks at financial reporting standards. That's a welcome development because, uh, of course, the uh, international financial reporting standards have achieved great momentum and take-up in capital markets right around the world. And we're hopeful that uh, the involvement and focus of the trustees and they will have, it's probably important to mention, they will have to bring in more expertise. There are other uh, types of expertise involved in this other reporting. But we're hopeful that that might bring some momentum and possibly help to bring uh, consistency and comparability because there's a range of different frameworks uh, that exist. And, uh, that, and, and to, to some extent, that's, or to a large extent, that's led to a situation where there isn't a whole lot of consistency and it's quite hard for companies to choose which one um, but that this was where the integrated reporting council came in although with more of an umbrella um, uh, but we you know you, you, the issues have uh, persisted in terms of uh, not really having a sort of a, a single or even a, a front runner in terms of which framework or, or, or standards to, to use in presenting that non-financial information. Now, I think where, where I would like to see it go, and, and I think there are a lot of ways that it could go, is that you see a gradual harmonizing um, and not just... That's a, familiar, that's a familiar turn of phrase dating back to 2000, 2001. Not just in the non-financial section, but I think more <laughs> harmony between financial reporting and non-financial reporting to, as you say, provide the story that uh, that that's you know investors need. Um, it's a really challenging um, thing because we I, I don't I don't think. You know, it's it's right to, to throw our hands up and say, oh, why is it taking so long? And, you know, we've been talking about this for so long. We're not talking about a simple thing here. We're talking about basically um, looking at the world and trying to represent that in a very regimented and, and, and comparable, consistent kind of way. Um, it's a bit like picking up your backyard and trying to fit that onto a page. Not not and and then have that audited and and uh, and co you know comparable across you know with your neighbor's backyard or in a different in a whole different city very hard to find that consistency and and to and to overcome the challenges around that but i think what i'm really confident and what gives me um uh, you know uh, some some degree or a lot of um hope is that there's such focus and momentum around this right now, also coming from the investor side and the stakeholder side. If you're looking, if we look at you know, the, the multiples um, of guidance, if you go back just over two decades, 
the conversation was the was about trying to harmonise or at least trying to at least harmonise, if not adopt, huh. the standards issued by the then International Accounting Standards Committee. Yeah. Before it, before it sort of changed its structure and and uh, became the International Accounting Standards Board. Yeah. Uh, that the actual challenge now is related to how you bring together all these narrative frameworks. And that's mm. not easy to do no. because you've got um, the ego of creators involved. <laughs> you've got the uh, various jurisdictional issues. You've got the, the the ownership of also of various groups to different, for different elements of it. Um, what is CANS doing in that space to, uh, to push the project related to this along? Well, look, we, I, I think you make a really good point. And uh, we have come a long way in financial reporting um, and harmonization um, and convergence, in fact, internationally. It's really a success story if you compare with other industries and sectors. I was part of a group at the cross-sectoral group in the OECD on international standards. And there was no other example like the auditing and accounting standards that have been globally adopted uh, within our profession. So um, something we sometimes forget or take for granted, but that is no no easy feat. Now you come to the, the non-financial narrative side, and I think we, we would be um, wrong to think that you can just pick up that experience and plonk it over the top of what we're facing in that that space. It's not really two sides of the same coin. Financial statements, of course, have within them a conceptual, even though they, they are pretty complex and becoming more so, they have at their core a nice closed system of you know the accounting equation. Whereas when you talk about non-financial narrative reporting, it's basically the universe and everything else. And so that's where you get a lot of the challenge. Um, and, and so it's not necessarily a scenario where, where you, you, you need to have only one framework, but you certainly need harmony between different frameworks that might address different things and clarity as to you know, why or what you might actually use in different circumstances. Now, in terms of what uh, Chartered Accountants Australia New Zealand is doing to tackle these uh, challenges. We we certainly focused a lot on I think outreach with companies, directors, and the profession, um, seeking to uh, well we have over recent times been seeking to um, achieve momentum around integrated reporting, and and in fact the the help help um, upskill and and create awareness around where these issues are now sort of cross-cutting into the financial statements, whether that's emerging risks like uh, climate change, um, associated risks, or a whole range of other things, uh, modern slavery. These, these are now actually more and more being, being seen in financial statements. And so we've put out a paper earlier in the year that focused on that, had a series of, of courses and training around that. And we're right now actually gearing up for a, uh, an event uh, bringing stakeholders together, which would be the second in a series, um, to look specifically at that consultation by the uh, IFRS trustees, 
Um, not to mention the engagement internationally where, we, where we've sought to be involved in the conversation on behalf of our members and I guess to some extent on, on behalf of, of the nation to try to um, push these initiatives toward uh, a, a uh, uh, you know, keep, keep that momentum uh, up towards harmonisation and, and solutions that are actually going to get us uh, to a better place. We're uh, mindful of the time and, and the sustainability issue we could talk about all day, Amir. <laughs> but um, if people want to know more about some of the things we've spoken about in the COVID, uh, in the COVID space yeah. or the sustainability space uh, from the perspective of Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand, where can they go? Oh, please uh, visit our, our website, um, it's, it's not hard on there to navigate to our COVID-19 hub where you can find a whole set of resources and, and, and information and, and some discussion and analysis. Uh, equally, we have on our website a section around sustainability and, and, and non-financial reporting. So we'd, we'd really welcome um, any, anyone listening to, to come along and, and engage with us. Um, uh, you know, very, very much uh, welcome any any recommendations, ideas, and thinking that'll help us to do better around these topics. Um, but look, I thank you so much for the opportunity to join you, Tom. Uh, it's always good to always good to talk with you. Uh, thank you so much for taking the trouble to to uh, make your time available, as well as being generous with your time today. Um, uh, thanks for that, and to the listeners, thank you for listening and stay safe and look after each other.